This is the Workplace Podcast with your host, William Corliss, brought to you in association with Yellowwood, providers of executive coaching, corporate training and facilitation, your external learning and development partner. Each week, we focus on a different aspect of the workplace. We hear from guest speakers who are subject matter experts and are incredibly talented at what they do. These experts will give you a different perspective and insight to work life with the aim of empowering you to take a different path to success in all aspects of work life. These perspectives will include career and personal success, leadership, high performance teams and creating a better work life culture in your organization. Yellowwood, take a different path to success with your career, team and organization. Welcome to the Workplace Podcast. Our topic today is how managers and leaders can address racially fueled workplace bullying. And our joining us today is Zanika Chapman. Zanika is a certified personal and executive coach helping busy professionals take control of their lives and rediscover their inner strength and confidence. As a trained journalist and communication strategist, Zanika uses her unique background to help her clients identify what's no longer working in their lives, discover their unique strengths and design an action plan to create life, a life they love. Her journey into coaching and positive psychology began after being left emotionally broken by workplace bullying at the height of her career. In the aftermath of that experience, she went on a path to redefine her own self-worth and what it means to be successful. After realizing that many women were struggling to find their own voice as they carved out new paths in their lives, she decided to help other women stand up and speak out and be heard in the workplace. Zanika, welcome to Workplace Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It is great. And I love that I got that email from you and listening to your story. Um, I was really, uh, it really touched me because I, I, I've seen this before in workplaces and I know the impact of that is quite devastating for people. And as you, you say there, it can leave people broken. If you were to describe to listeners, what are the different impacts on people? So you might talk about yourself or others that you've worked with. What are the different ways have been impacted by workplace bullying and specifically racial workplace bullying? Yeah, so usually when someone is a a victim or a target of workplace bullying, it can have a a number of impacts that can be emotional, psychological, mental, but there's also a really large financial impact that comes as a result of that. Typically, most people end up leaving a bullying situation and they usually leave before they're able to secure that next job. So if you can imagine, you know, what that feels like having gone through several months of being mistreated, being discriminated against in the workplace um, and still having to perform in the workplace and, and what that can do to you. And then on top of that, having to sever ties in that relationship without having the financial security of, of another job. And different ways that people have been impacted and and workplace bullying is something that we've discussed uh, on the podcast here is people's self-esteem, their Mm -hmm. confidence, their relationship with others, like they might isolate themselves or even going into interviews where their confidence is low and they mightn't even be valuing themselves. So then they might be going for uh, a lower 
value role or something different that impacts their career. There are so many impacts like anxiety and sleep and oh, so many different things, isn't there? It's 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 a huge impact. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, anxiety, depression, loss of confidence. Um, yeah, you, you can just have have that anxiety when you're in an interview. And if you don't have the confidence, if you've been in an environment, usually in a bullying situation where someone has told you you're not good enough, imagine having to go into an interview where your only job in that interview is to prove mm. that you're good enough to get the job. So it can have lasting impacts and impacts. And a lot of the women that I have coached who are on the other side of that, maybe they're in the new role. You really see it show up there where they don't have the confidence. There's a huge level of mistrust in mm. probably the new job they're in, in the management, in their teammates, in the structure of the environment, right? Because if you've been in this environment where you haven't been supported, you kind of go into the next role if you haven't done the healing, looking around saying, okay, you know, I don't trust these coworkers because my last coworkers didn't stand up for me or the manager seems really nice now, but we're only two days in. So I'm going to wait for that other shoe to drop. And, you know, HR, mm, I don't really trust you guys either because I went to HR before and nobody really helped me. So you have all of these these other impacts, um, these other dynamics that are at play that really start to play at your overall mental wellness right and we know how important it is to be mentally fit when you go into the workplace so i might be listening in and i might say oh wait a minute here i think i'm being bullied at work what might that look like is bullying a one-top thing is it a pattern how does how does bullying work show up in the workplace yeah, so the definition that I like to use is the definition from the Workplace Bullying Institute here in the States, and they describe it as a persistent pattern of mistreatment in the workplace that causes physical or emotional harm, and that can be verbal that can be psychological. So what that could look like in the workplace is, of course, yes, you may be the butt of jokes very often. Um, you may be getting projects assigned to you where you're not quite getting all the details. So you don't have all of the information you need to complete the assignment. You may be getting alienated from meetings. Um, or you could even be in a situation where um, your, your time off request are being denied. So it can look a number of different ways, but yes, it's it's that persistent pattern of mistreatment that really crosses the line into bullying. Yeah, and it could be denial of promotional opportunities Absolutely. or or to attend certain meetings or even a social events or or different ways that it shows up. And again, it's important to note that it is a pattern, it's persistent, you know. Yes. The Irish definition includes an affront to people's dignity and respect, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and there the, the key elements uh, there is part of that. And then it's targeted as well, isn't it? Yes. Because if people will share the story to say, and you were talking about your own story, if it's okay to talk about that. Can you tell us about that when you suddenly realized, hold on here, there's more to this than just a once off. Yeah, yeah. It, it it probably took me a while. I'll be honest. And and I was like those people we just talked about. You're not really sure, right? You yeah. don't know what's going on. Um, I didn't even know that I was actually bullied until I was out of the situation and started doing some research. But yeah, when I was in it, um, it was very targeted. Mm -hmm. Um, it, in 
and it was very isolating. So my, my situation was a combination of all that we just described. There was definitely verbal abuse. There was definitely um, alienation from alienation from projects, from key project meetings. There were pieces of information that I didn't quite have. So that looked a lot like, here's the assignment. Here's some of the instruction. Complete the assignment. And you didn't do the assignment the way I wanted to because I wanted all these other elements that weren't included in the original description. And, and that went on and on and on. It was um, also very, when I was invited to meetings, I was intentionally kind of, I was at the table, but I didn't really have a seat at the table, right? Mm. Um so, so that's kind of what it looked like for me. And it was very targeted. So it got to a point where I realized, oh, this is, this is not how this group of managers is leading this team. This is actually how they are leading me. Um, and it took, it took other teammates bringing that to my attention. Because I, I do think when you are in that situation, when you, when you are a person of color specifically, you don't want to say, I think I'm being discriminated against. It's mm. it's the last thing that you want to say because people think it's a card that you're playing, right? Yeah. So, and even that can have an adverse effect. When you know in your heart, I'm not being treated fairly, but I'm going to lie to myself and say, well, you know, they don't mean it that way. They're not really doing mm. this. This is not really yeah. happening to me. And so that's, and, and this is one of the reasons why I think bystanders are so important in these toxic work cultures, specifically as it relates to bullying, because it really took a trusted teammate saying to me, do you not realize how you're being treated is not normal? This episode was brought to you in association with the Mediation Foundation of Ireland, Europe's premier provider of mediation certification and training. For more information, check out mfi.ie. And it's a bit like a trip by trip approach to it. You kind of don't feel it happening. And all of a sudden you are consumed. So if you were to look back and give advice to the listeners here, and I have a sense to say, okay, hold on here. What are the little symptoms that I should be looking out for? Or the behaviors I should be looking out for to say, yeah, actually, Maybe, maybe I am being targeted. Yeah, I think knowing what I, what I know now, I would start from the interview phase and you can ask specifically, do you have a policy to address workplace bullying at this company? They're probably going to tell you no, (laughs) but your follow-up can be, well, if you had an employee that had that situation, how how would your company address that, mm. right? So that's one thing that that I do now that I did not do before. But I think the other thing that you can start to look at is you can look at those little patterns because I will be very honest. When I look back on it now, there were things that happened to other employees that I saw happening but I just assumed because I was such a great employee, those things were not going to happen to me. Mm. That was that other woman's situation. That was that other guy's situation. That that will never happen to me. And so I did see the bullying kind of play out in other areas. Um, but there were also 
just different little nudges when I came to that role. And people said, oh my goodness, we've looked at your resume. We're so excited to have you here. But, you know, that guy is, you know, Bob is Bob. And the first time you hear that, you go, hmm, wonder what that means. <laughs> but then when the second person says, you know, this is a great company. We're so excited to have you here. And, oh, you know, you're working with Bob and, you know, well, Bob's Bob. That really should have been. And I and I had about three different people kind of ha- share that same sentiment with me. And so that really should have been an indication to at least be on guard with Bob a little bit. And I, and I wasn't. Yeah. And it's what's, it's nearly what's not said. It's the unsaid. It's, it's the in-between nuance between Bob is Bob or, you know, Bob. And this is the thing. It's, it's a bit like with narcissistic personalities, you know, people with, you know, in, in um, relationships with domestic violence or something like that. There are these, you know, telltale signs where how they treat the waiter or waitress or, you know, somebody, you know, um, that's serving them or whatever, that they're just rude to them. And you're like, is that the way you're going to treat that person? Maybe that's a telltale sign how you're going to treat me when things are tough. Right. And and we have those same little indications at work. We just, we just aren't taught to notice those things, right? How does your leadership talk about other teams? Are they talking about other teams from a place of, we are all colleagues on the same team. We've got one big agenda or is there a bullying tone to how they address how you work with other teams? Hmm. You know, are they telling you, you should go in there and give marketing a piece of your mind because we are sales and we run this. Yeah. Or are they saying, go in there and hear marketing out and see if there's a way we can work together on this. And it is a responsibility for for team members and also for leadership to say, we need to look out for this. We need to be allies here. We need to be custodians of the culture that we're trying to create here. And if there are signs of toxic behavior, well, we're all in this together, isn't there? Absolutely. I, I think that there's definitely, and I've gotten this question a lot of, well, whose responsibility is it? Because I work a lot with the victims in the aftermath. Hmm. Um, And so I get the question a lot. And and I think it is two part. I think there's some work that you have to do when you're on the targeted side of of the toxic work culture. But I 100 percent believe that it is the responsibility of workplaces to create safety for their employees. Workplaces have to really start to work from the culture that exists, not from the culture that they believe they have. Right. Like I I think workplaces like to believe that they have certain cultures, Um, really big companies, I think, do a great job at getting all the data. They know exactly what the what the culture actually is if they're paying attention. Mm. And sometimes there's chameleons within the organization that they're showing the nice face uh, to the senior management and then the darker side and is then shown to their direct reports. Absolutely. So I also think there has to be um, a, a targeted effort from companies to cultivate that leadership. They, there has to be a targeted effort around training and how do we create leadership that that is inclusive, that's going to create safe workspaces for all of our employees. Um, 
how are we going to find those chameleons? Um, but again, I, I think that that is something that companies can discover if they want to. I think chameleons also have their own telltale signs. If you look at the, the retention numbers, you know if someone is like, gosh, they seem so great when I meet them, but they're bleeding people. What is what is the issue there? And we, we all know the number one reason people leave jobs is usually because of other people. It's usually because of leadership. This episode was brought to you in association with the Mediation Foundation of Ireland, Europe's premier provider of mediation certification and training. For more information, check out mfi.ie. Can I ask you a question? So say, for example, I'm listening in with great positive intentions. I might have a big blind spot into how I have unconscious bias. So what I mean by that is, is that I might be offensive to you in some way. For example, I might mispronounce your name over and over again or make some sort of remark about your appearance or something like that that might be offensive. And I might be unintentionally racist. Mm -hmm. Like, what is, What's the advice for me if I'm listening in to this podcast? What should I be aware wary of? Because I think... There's a lot of this is about education, isn't it? Yeah. To say, actually, here, like, here are the things that say, actually, we do know about. And what are the things that we say, oh, I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. What are the kind of things that we should be mindful of? Yeah. So I think, you know, one thing I'd say to that person is give yourself a little bit of grace. We all have unconscious bias. Mm. We all do. So give yourself a little bit of grace. But I do think that now, now that your eyes are open to gosh, I may be doing some things that are offensive. Educate yourself on how to fix them. Mm. Right. So if you have people who are, who are different, who are considered othered on your team, have a real conversation with them and ask them the questions, you know, that you want to know, not specifically about, Hey, what am I doing? But, you know, tell, ask them, what are some of those things that, that you've seen happen within our organization that, that I maybe wasn't aware of that I need to address. Um, I I think the one powerful thing that, that you and I both could offer is, is coaching. Mm. Are you investing in your own coach? Are you investing in a coach that's going to be able to support you with building your own DEI tools that you can have in your personal toolkit? Because I think sometimes leaders wait for the company to give them the initiative, to give them the DEI initiative. And you don't have to wait on a company to do that. If you're a leader who personally says, hey, I want to grow in this area, you can make your own investment in that. And then you can also be a champion for other people, people of color within your organization. Um, We all know that particularly women of color do not have the same level of sponsorship that Mm. our our counterparts do. And that's one of the things that holds women of color back from from moving forward in the workplace. So you can actually decide that, hey, I'm going to champion other people, people who maybe look a little bit different from me in this next quarter. I'm going to actively go and find someone who I probably would not have found before. Maybe they're from another department. Maybe they're from another team. Maybe they're from another company who could really use my support as a champion. And I'm going to support them. I'm going to actively do that. Workplace bullying tactics then and how we can train people for that. What are the kind of 
maybe three or four different things you could share with our listeners to say, actually, here are some positive things that we, if we see this, what are the tactics we can use or deploy to counter uh, that workplace bullying? Yeah, so I think one thing is acknowledgement. I think most people are shocked when they hear workplace bullying. It's not even a term that anybody would even think about. When we hear bullying, what do we think about? We think about school-age kids on a playground. We do not think about fully adult people (laughs) going to work every day and getting a paycheck. So one thing I think is just being aware and understanding that Sometimes leadership that appears to be strong to us could have an adverse impact. So thinking about leadership from a different perspective is one thing. Um, The other thing I would say is developing your own sense of non-tolerance of saying, okay, now that I know leadership can cross that line and and it can bully someone and cause some real psychological harm, what's going to be my personal Um, level of tolerance for that or my personal no tolerance policy for that. So what am I going to decide to do when I see it? And I, I think probably the third thing would be you can speak up on another person's behalf. And that may look different for different people. So let's say you and I are both senior leadership and I just happen to see you maybe having a conversation that looks a little difficult, that maybe looks a little demeaning. Perhaps you're yelling at a subordinate in the middle of the boardroom or in the middle of the break room, you're standing over them, you're throwing throwing papers in their face. I may, I may, if you and I have that relationship, I just may say, hey, William, what was that about? Man, that looked intense. And sometimes just bringing the other person to that awareness of, do you realize how that appeared to the rest of us? If you have that relationship, but if you don't, you can go to the HR or whatever the structure is or the ethics line and say, you know, I just witnessed something. I want to report this anonymously Here's what I saw. And I think that that goes against our non-harassment or our no bullying policy here at the company. And I think it's important that we discuss this okay. because oftentimes the the target is not going to have that level of confidence to, to go forward with that. And usually their, their biggest fear is they won't be believed. But if you've got five people saying, I was just in the break room and, you know, man, <laughs> I witnessed this, then a company can start to say, okay, we, we need to look into this. Thanks for sharing that. And that brings to mind about DEI, DEI initiatives that were very on trend in 2020, the murder of uh, George Floyd. We had taken the knee with Colin Kaepernick. Um, and I see that that's kind of the, the that taking the knee is being phased out in certain sports now. So maybe, and how do we, how do we keep DEI initiatives in the forefront that it's not just a passing trend and suddenly we've lost all the momentum and, and progress? What, what, what would you say? Absolutely. And, you know, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think we had this major DEI push in 2020. And now here we are in 2022. And and I I personally will tell you, I feel like a lot of those initiatives have fallen flat. Mm. I think that they were great, beautifully written statements by 
PR professionals and marketing professionals and all of these companies. But I think that it's, it's two parts. I think that companies have to really, really, really want to commit to DEI. But I also think that employees have to really, really, really push for it from the other side. And I think that consumers have to stay at the forefront because so much of what happened in 2020, it was driven by consumers. And I think that the consumer base has to, and and I think that they are in many cases still holding the, the executive's feet to the fire. But I also think that corporations have to get very clear and very real um, and be willing to be split open in order to have those conversations. And, and I sometimes I question even doing this work. There are some companies, right, that it's like, you know what, they really don't want to do that. They don't want to do the work. And it is about doing the work and, and a part of your work and your mission. And just before we started the podcast, it was wonderful to speak to you about how you're so passionate about this. And what I really like, uh, part of your mission statement is prioritizing voices of women of colors. And I know you do many different types of, of coaching and DNI initiatives. Can we talk more about that, about prioritizing voices uh, of women and of colors. What, what do you think the next step is uh, f- for people? If I want to get involved or if I'm listening in, what, what can we do? Yeah, so I, I think, especially when it comes to women, companies do a great job of acknowledging that women have different experiences in the workplace. But then I think we, we, we fall a little short in not understanding that different women have different experiences in the workplace. And so therefore we need different things. So a lot of the DEI initiatives are kind of women focused without really prioritizing the needs of women of color. So for example, a lot of the women ERG groups, they all want to talk about confidence and imposter syndrome. And I think those things are very important. They're very prevalent. But there's a lot of research coming out now that says, you know, Black women don't have those issues, that they don't feel like confidence or imposter syndrome is their problem. Their problem is, I can't get a shot. I don't have anybody who's advocating for me when I'm not in the room. And so how do we prioritize? How do we bring the voices of women of color to the forefront and say, what is it that that you need that is different from your counterparts and how can we support you in that? So I think it's really getting very crystal clear in in understanding that all of us, yes, we are women and there are some things that are just inherent to us as women in the workplace, but there are a few nuances that make my experience a little bit different from your experience. Um, I was even having a, a conversation with a mentor of mine who happens to be a white woman. She's a great mentor. And, you know, her, her, her advice to me is always, you've got to go in there and you've got to stand up for yourself and you've got to make them see things your way. And I say, you know, that's really awesome advice. However, I can't go in there the same way you can go in there because my going in there confident could be offensive. It could come off aggressive. And whereas someone might say, oh my goodness, you are so passionate. They may look at me and say, gosh, Zanika, why are you so angry about this? It's a different playing field. Absolutely. So it's understanding even those little nuances of I've got to temper my confidence a little bit so that it doesn't offend anyone. 
This episode was brought to you in association with the Mediation Foundation of Ireland, Europe's premier provider of mediation certification and training. For more information, check out mfi.ie. So we talked about advocates here and we've talked about workplace bullying and the different tactics there. If you were to design a leadership development program, what are the core aspects of that? I designed lots of leadership development programs. So if you were to give me advice and our listeners advice, what are the key things that should be the first things I prioritize if I wanted to be a champion of this? So I I have thought about this a lot (laughs) because a lot of uh, colleagues have started to encourage me to really think about this aspect of my work. And you know, William, I would say I would, I would tailor it exactly the way that I tailor my coaching, which is to start from a place of disruption. And I know people hear that and they freak out because disruption is such a strong word. And that's part of the reason why I love using the word disruption. But disruption simply means to break apart or alter or to break apart or change so as to prevent normal functioning. So if you are functioning in a place right now where you know your people who are who are different, who are of color, who are able bodied, don't feel supported, then you need to disrupt that. You need to do something that stops what is a normal function for you because you're saying you want an environment that is inclusive, that still feels safe for all employees. So really looking at what is it about how we're working today, how I'm leading today that is not working then start to discover what are we really good at? What is it that we really truly want to be, right? How do we use the things that we're really good at to do more of that? How do we acknowledge the things that we're not doing so well and fix that? And then we design a plan to do just that. And that plan has to include an ongoing reviewing. Are we hitting the mark? Again, with all the things that we talked about earlier, bring all the voices to the table because it can't just be those of us at the top who've been doing this together for a very long time and not doing a great job at it. Are we bringing all of the right voices to the table and evaluating this plan on a regular basis? So I kind of, uh, I kind of call that my 3D approach to personal and professional growth, but I would approach it the same way. And I, I think the notion of disruption is going to scare a lot of people and, and I'm okay with that. Oh, well, I, I definitely welcome it. And it is about disrupting the status quo. It's a bit like the pandemic, the way that we worked. So that really disrupted that status quo of always having to be in the office. And now it's like, why do are we in the office at all? So again, the more we have these disruptive conversations, um, the better. And this brings me then to the three Ds. If you want to remind our listeners there, we have disruption. What else do we have? Disruption, discovery, and design. And design. And it's it's a great and it's it's that um appreciative inquiry approach, isn't it? Uh to that. So we are just about to finish up with our time today. And what I'd like to do is give you an opportunity to if people were to contact you or to find more about you, or if there's any parting words that you could say, listen, William, I forgot to mention this. Now is your chance to do so. Yeah. So if anybody wants to find me, um, I'm pretty, 
I'm pretty easily searchable, but it's ZanikaChapman.com online. And that's uh, Z-E-N-I-C-A. And that's Chatman with a T, C-H-A-T-M-A-N. Um, and Zanika Chapman on LinkedIn. And if you are an IG person like I am, it's a Z underscore Chatman on IG. And I, I've been playing around with reels. So I have a, a lot of fun on reels lately. Um <laughs> And I think for any parting words, I will just say that if if you are someone who feels like you are experiencing workplace bullying or you are just kind of sitting in a toxic workplace, that you deserve a right to psychological safety at work. You are not trading your time for dollars so that you can be unhappy. You are bringing your full self to that workplace and you deserve to be treated equally and fairly at work. Thank you so much for that. And for our Irish listeners, if you need some advice on this, I would look up the workplace uh, bullying uh, PDF uh, on the WRC.ie work. Uh, that's the Workplace Relations Commission. They have brilliant resources on that, especially if we're looking to signpost people there or check out www.mfi.ie if workplace mediation is something that can help you uh, address this workplace uh, bullying. Zinika, that has been so helpful. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. Thanks for listening to the Workplace Podcast with your host, William Corliss. Our special thanks to this episode's guest for sharing their expertise with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please download and share it. For updates on future episodes and to get in contact with us about any workplace topics, please follow Yellowwood on LinkedIn and Twitter at Different Paths. As always, you can head over to yellowwood.ie for any other information. Yellowwood, your external learning and development partner provider of executive coaching, facilitation and training. Take a different path to success with your career, leadership, team and organization.